to the Defenders podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. I'm Mel. I'm Matt. Oh, and Tammy only lasted four weeks. We broke her, guys. We broke her. (laughs) I'm next. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Tammy cannot record this week. She has actually sent us her thoughts via the power of voicemail. Um, yeah, we haven't broke Tammy. Don't worry. This isn't a thing that we're just going to, you know, we break Robin, then we're going to break Tammy. We're going to break Mel next. And then it will only be Matt left recording on his own. I, I am strong. Just try and break me. <laughs> I'm strong. Strong like Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of Amazons, new uh, Wonder Woman trailer out. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Check. But I, I can't get my hopes up with DC. I'm sorry, DC. You need to impress yeah. me still. Anyway, uh, let's talk about Marvel stuff. So we have a very special, spe- special, special. We have a very special guest this week. Special, special. Um, a friend to uh, Matt Mel and myself, uh, a fellow podcast host to all of us. It's Brad. Welcome, Brad. It's me. Hello, Brad. Hi. And we have all <laughs> podcast with you at some point. <laughs> You're like the glue that connects us all. <laughs> Oh my gosh, all those special memories. Memories. <laughs> oh, thanks for coming along, Brad. <laughs> it feels so weird me welcoming you. We do a podcast together. <laughs> Hi, Brad. It's so, it's so nice to be speaking to you guys. I know. <laughs> um, have you only seen up to this episode? Cause I, I have. Sure. Ooh, You're okay. not going to jump ahead, right? I, 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 you guys will probably pass me. Because I watched the first four, and then I was like, "All right, all right, I'm not gonna watch. I'm not gonna watch the one I'm, episode that I'm gonna be recording on until right before." And then I was like, "Oh crap! I've got to watch this last night." <laughs> but also, you do watch like all the shows, so you have a lot of shows to watch. You watch like do I think I? every single yeah. I you um, watch like you know Tammy's like usually on this podcast, right? Oh yeah, I know. But you watch all the superhero shows apart from Agents of Shield, I think. Like all those DC ones, you're you're kind of all over, right? Yeah, I'm watching I'm watching all the all the CW shows right now, which is a lot of shows. Yeah, yeah, that's a ton. Aren't they doing like they're doing like a Krypton one as well, like a Superman one? I heard the other day. Really? They yeah. should because this, the the Superman that's on Supergirl now is like the best Superman. Yeah, that's what I've heard. So they should get um get rid of Henry Cavill. <laughs> Sorry, Henry Cavill, yes. but you can act, but you know Zack Snyder's giving you crap to work with. Yeah, I've heard that he's really good in, in Supergirl. Tyler Hochin. Yeah. Mm, he's fun. Nice. It's a goofy Superman, which is what it should be. <laughs> exactly. Is it, the, is it the actor, though, that's good, or is it the writing? Uh, a little both. Yeah, so I don't, I don't think it's these like television writers to write movies. They seem like they could do it. Exactly. Like, like when they're saying about a the Flash movie. Yeah, I mean, like, I know you're a big, you're a big Flash fan, Brad. And, yes. like, when they've said about the Flash movie, I... I haven't even seen, like, that much of the Flash series, but I'm like, get him to do it. He's really good. Yeah. Like, Grant Gustin, he's great. Get him yeah, to do Flash it. the Flash show is better than I ever expected a Flash show could be. <laughs> yeah, I need to catch up on it. Still not sure about Arrow, though. Yeah. No. Although Legends of Tomorrow sounds wackily amazing, oh, so I need to watch it. Yeah. Legends of Tomorrow is everything <laughs> Doctor Who should be. <laughs> Take note, Stephen Moffat. Take note. Uh, cool. So, um, so I've got some news for you guys this week. Um, I'm going to give you guys the choice as to whether you have a certain piece of news or not. So I'm putting the power in your hands, okay? 
But the first bit of news uh, for all our listeners is if you would like to discover your your Wu-Tang Clan name, you can go to our Facebook page and Tammy, missing co-host, has put a little quiz you can do where you click on a button and it tells you it generates a Wu-Tang Clan name. And apparently this is what someone used to create their rapper name, but I can't remember who it was. So um, a few of us have done it. Is that why Tammy is missing? She's pursuing a new career? She's Well, she talked about her rap last week, so <laughs> she's now got her name. I can't actually remember what her name You guys inspired her. Is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's like, she's she's gone off. She's gonna she's heading to the big lights of Orlando to become a rapper. Um, I did it earlier, and mine, I think, was Arrogant Ambassador. And I was like, whoa! <laughs> so, yeah, I'll try and find out Tammy's. Hang on a sec. Uh, arrogant ambassador there was some pretty cool ones a lot of the listeners already did it and some of them were pretty funny <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh so apparently this is how donald glover got his uh his rap name childish gambino oh. so he did that yes. uh tammy's name is rough destroyer <laughs> rough spell r-u-f-f obviously uh so i was arrogant ambassador um, which Tammy says is apparently perfect because I'm the leader. Oh, you know, I'm the leader, <laughs> apparently, guys. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> listener Gideon uh, is respected destroyer. That one's pretty cool. Uh, and I think we had some other people who did theirs. Oh, listener Jason, uh, or JD, sorry, is smiling wanderer, which is really sweet. And uh, Rebecca was um, irate magician, which I really like, just an angry magician, ah. like, God damn this rabbit in a hat! Ah. Is this your card or not? <laughs> oh, sir! <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, our other listener, Bennett, was unlucky leader, which is quite sad. <laughs> oh, poor unlucky leader. Oh, oh man. Matt's Wu-Tang Clan name is v- Vulgar Observer. Oh, man. <laughs> I wanted to be the handsome phantom. (laughs) You're always Uh, the handsome uh, handsome phantom in Warlock. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're basically Doctor Strange. I got amateur menace. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you tried to hard menace, but (laughs) still still working on going to the pro level. (laughs) (laughs) Need to work on those menace skills. I just want to be a billionaire agitator. Oh, that would be awesome. Um, So, other bit of news. There have been some photos released of the filming of The Defenders in New York. Um, One of our listeners, uh, uh, Dan, actually sent me, uh, or I think he put it on the page, a photo of um, the little notice that they're, they're filming under the name Group Therapy, which we know is the filming name for The Defenders. And there has been a photo released of uh, Kristen Ritter on set. So there was a photo released of uh, Kristen Ritter and a another cast member, but it's slightly spoilery, so I won't tell you what that is. Um, however, there have also in the last few days been a lot of cast members confirmed for the Defenders. I don't really consider it spoily, spoiler, spoilery, spoily, Um would you guys like to know who they are? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, it's pretty much as we would have suspected. Imagine it, each show we've seen so far and the main side characters. So, for instance, 
um, Karen Page, Foggy, Stick, uh, Malcolm, um, Trish, I think. I think Trish was confirmed. Or Je- Hogarth, definitely. They're all confirmed to appear in The Defenders. Cool. Which we expected anyway. Have, so I don't consider this point. Battle Royale of secondary characters. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Foggy's, no Foggy's going to beat them all. <laughs> no, Misty's going to win. Oh, Misty. <laughs> Misty just standing atop all their bodies with her awesome robotic arm. Yeah, which you'll awesome. never have on this show. Oh. Um, okay, so now this is where we would hand over to Tammy. Tammy? Tammy? Oh, no, she's not here. Uh, to give us some details about the music in this episode, uh, just before I go through details about who directed and everything. So here is a voicemail from Tammy regarding that. So here is my feedback for music. This week, just to get a rep by Gangstar. I didn't really find any lyrics per se, so no rapping this week. Sorry, guys. But the song really was interesting because it was about um, a story. Like, the whole thing was a story. And it was about a guy who starts off like a thug in the streets, um, but then he starts really stealing and killing people to get a rep and work his way up. And he kind of peaks, and one of the guys he shot and thought he killed actually isn't dead and comes back and kills him to get her up so i'm wondering is that foreshadowing so that's the just to get her up uh gangstar lyrics then we have jadana who is the person who is uh rapping at the beginning of the episode i didn't really know about him but then i got into a jadana hole obviously because that's what i do I watch a lot of his music videos. I also watch a lot of interviews with him because he's really uh, interesting. His look in the show when he's rapping is pretty much his look every day. He calls it, um, he's actually got a song called Classic Man, and he has a whole manifesto on his website about being classy, which um, I liked reading. He kind of has like this swanky, dapper look, which is awesome. Uh, he's been, he went to Stanford University, he was a school teacher for a while, and my favorite thing is he has a social club called Fear and Fancy, and it's known as the club before and after the club. It's an international collective of entrepreneurs, activists, educators, scientists, and artists who host soirees, dinner parties, and demonstrations. So, yeah, I kind of want to join the Fear and Fancy club. (laughs) All right, guys, that's it for music. Thanks, Tammy. There's not enough classy manifestos. Thanks, Tammy. I know. <laughs> that guy was was super classy, though, like at the start in his outfit and everything. I was like, oh, he's really classy. Oh, <laughs> we can talk about him again uh, in a moment anyway. But let's get into the episode first. So this is episode 105, Just to Get a Rep. Uh, it was written by Jason Hor- Horich. I can't say that word. And directed by Mark Jobs, who has directed in some of the other shows as well. Uh, Quick synopsis. Cottonmouth strikes back at Luke by taking vengeance out on the people of Harlem, while detectives Knight and Scarf face an unexpected threat. Uh, So, we open up with uh, the man himself in Harlem Paradise, Jatana, who is awesome. And I love him and I agree with Tammy. I love this guy. Yeah? Yeah. He's like so dapper. I didn't care for his rap. His rapping was okay. I liked the song. I I hate his suit. (laughs) I liked the the beat of the song. I didn't really like his lyrics. And I don't like when people change the way a word sounds to make it rhyme. 
Like he he changed the word country, and he pronounced it country, so he could, so he could rap it. He's What's like blah 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 something whole country. <laughs> please, please, um, Matt, please don't use that kind of language on the podcast. It's inappropriate. <laughs> this is an explicit podcast just because of Matt. Now, gonna put a warning on it. Yeah. He was using I, the N-word a lot in his raps, too. If Luke Cage was there, his ears would have been burning. Yeah, it, Luke Cage would have been like, I don't like that word. Yeah. yeah. I, I, on the other hand, Matt, love it when people change words to rap because I think it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I love rough. random lyrics. Um, it, it pleases me a lot. There is one coming up later in this series that, I don't know, just keeps making me laugh, um, which we'll get to in a later episode. Um so while he's rapping, uh, Cottonmouth is watching and Luke is going through the rubble of the exploded Connies looking for some bits and pieces. And then we also see Claire has arrived in Harlem and immediately gets robbed like 10 seconds in. <laughs> that was kind of funny. And it was great that she uh, took it back. We've, yeah. never seen her, we've never seen her do anything like action-y before, have we? Really? Not, uh, not really. She's obviously been inspired by um, hanging out with Jessica Jones and Matt Murdock. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I'm going to be a badass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Yep. Uh, and Luke managed to find the swear jar in the rubble. And then Misty really quickly finds the photo of Reva, like, pokes around and is like, oh, here we go. <laughs> like, really quickly. He's just tired of, like... Of like digging through rubble because like everything blows up around him. <laughs> his bar, yeah. his apartment, <laughs> like a barber shop. Everything's always just either being shot up, blown up. Do you think he'd keep all of his stuff like that's important, like very close to him at all times, in case it gets blown up at any time? Because everything yeah, just, seems to. Just get a bindle stick, like a hobo. <laughs> Oh, that would yeah. be adorable. Well, that wouldn't even save it. The only safe place is under his skin. He'd have to, like... It's true. You know, make, make a oh, he'd have to have a pouch like a kangaroo. So his important <laughs> things in there. <laughs> Imagine him make... with a little kangaroo pouch. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so cute. I don't know how that would work, though. <laughs> um, so Cottonmouth calls a meeting to evaluate the state of his finances, which is, which is pretty much that they're completely buggered. Um... He's only got the real estate of the club and the brownstone. And then <laughs> I really love, like, I don't know what it is, Cotton Mouse little, like, subordinates. I, I love, because I loved um, Tone, I love Zip, and this new one, Coco, I love, who is just like, hey, I've been reading up on politics and social conditions and benign neglect and all this, and is trying to make a point, and Cotton Mouth just blows him away. <laughs> I love yeah. this scene. Yeah, no, no Coco. villainous boss is uh, is complete until he's killed one of his minions in cold blood. <laughs> well, I think if your minion thing? starts like um, advocating <laughs> for like Nixon era policies, then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, was, it wasn't the fact that they were going to leave Luke Cage alone. It's like you bring up Nixon policies. <laughs> 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 I just love like like how did Coco think that was going to go? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Um, and I like that they sort of say that people are scared to say Luke's name. I was like, <laughs> like he's Lord Voldemort. Uh, I just love that. It's kind of cool because this episode's all about like him having, you know, more power and being more out there and people know who he is. 
So Cottonmouth sends Zip and the boys out to shake down Harlem for cash and then blame Luke Cage. Um, a plot that I am very familiar with from the amazing movie Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. <laughs> One of my favourite movies of all time. Hmm. I don't remember. Oh, it's, I just, well, it's mainly Alan Rickman. Come on. The man was a legend. Yes. Yeah. I always, I always get... <laughs> When I think back on that movie, I always get it mixed up with Robin Hood Men in Tights. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's just the cheesiest movie ever, and I love it. Um, and we get another mention of Diamondback. So what we are you guys thinking of Diamondback? Sure. Is what? I say who we will meet someday, I'm sure. In the last scene of the last episode, you mm-hmm. will meet. What, what do you think? Have you got any theories as to about Diamondback? Maybe it's just the kingpin. (laughs) (laughs) He has many names. (laughs) That'd be awesome. Maybe it's Cobra Commander. (laughs) (laughs) Randy! (laughs) With my Judas bullet. (laughs) Well, I will tell you that by this point, when I was watching the show, I had a theory, and I'm not going to tell you if it's right or wrong, I had a theory that Shades was actually Diamondback. Mm-hmm. And that he's just doing the whole oh speaking for Diamondback, but he's actually speaking for well, it himself. It's like Cottonmouth has met Diamondback before, though. That's yeah, that's true. But I I was Shades, going with Shades the idea say, that he like, hadn't. Yeah. Shade says like somewhere right in here like uh, there's a it's a new Diamondback or something like that. He's yeah he says something like he's not like you he's not the same old Diamondback. Yeah. Oh, which yeah. so. So it's like a weekend at Bernie situation and Shane's just popped <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be delightful. <laughs> um, I'm so glad Shades is back in this episode because I really missed, you know, um, him not being in, was it episode three, I think? Uh, there was one episode that he wasn't in. I love Shades. Mm. Uh, so this uh, little montage we get of the guys kind of robbing and threatening people for money uh, when they're telling everyone to blame Luke Cage. I, I freaking love this little bit of score. It's like straight out of Kill Bill or something, and it's so great. Mm-hmm. And once again, the score for, for Luke Cage, I love. I love the songs that they've used, but I love the, the actual music as well. It's so good. It's such a good album. And we get that, that split screen like a comic book as well. Um, and in the next scene, we meet my least favourite character in this episode, Aisha. Did she really annoy anyone else? Well, I don't know. Yeah. She has a forceful personality. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Who are we talking about? Aisha. Aisha. Yes. Uh, Claire doesn't like her. Yeah. I just found her really irritating and kind of like a, I don't know, like a, I, a, I like the character Robin crazy. out of Jessica Jones one. Yeah, I just I just found her really irritating. She just shoots somebody randomly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, oh, yeah, yes. they mess enough if they mess with enough people, at least one of them is going to fight back. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but they go to this sports memorabilia store. And even when, like, they went in this first time, I was thinking, how does that store make any money? Because I... it's just like a sports memorabilia store. I mean, it has, obviously, it's riding on this this guy, Eddie Axton, I think his name is. Um, and his, you know, the fact that he was a baseball player and he's just going to sign autographs and stuff. But, I mean, how much money can you make from that in Harlem? I don't know. <laughs> We have a baseball card store here. Oh, really? I've, I've yeah. seen a few baseball court card stores, but it seems like they all um, swiftly turn into, like, Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh stores. <laughs> yeah. I just It just seems like a business that I'm like, I don't, I don't understand how it could 
make a lot of money, yeah. you know? Particularly when, like, the guy's obviously not really running it anyway, because he says it was kind of his daughter's idea. So is she running it? I don't know. <laughs> um, but this is when they take the ring... And then in the next scene, we're back at Pops and Bobby and Dapper Dan are waiting for Luke and they give him uh, a very, very pretty suit. And I was like, oh, my God, Mike Coulter looks even more pretty in that suit. Oh, my Mm. word. And Dapper Dan says that Mike Tyson, convicted rapist, is a real nice guy. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, oh, this is a bit uncomfortable. He's like, yeah, he's a really nice guy. It's like really nice. But he's also a rapist. I hate how we're erasing everything he did, like, lately. Like, oh, everyone loves Mike Tyson again. He's got a cartoon. He's in The, he? the Hangover. You've never what? seen Mike, Mike Tyson Mysteries? I don't watch TV, no. What is this thing? It's a cartoon with Mike Tyson. Ooh, I don't like that. Your kids. <laughs> what? Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, I don't like this. It's freaking me out. Why? Here's Why the mystery. TV? How do I still have a career? <laughs> Who knows? Let's try to look for clues. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh so Dapper Dan is a real guy. Did you guys know that? I kinda guessed it from the context clues of the episode. I don't know. Yeah. I'll get into it more during Easter eggs, but um because when they were talking about Dapper Dan, I was like, I have no idea who Dapper Dan is. Why is this a big deal? Because they're like, oh Dapper Dan, and I was like, oh, is he just like a made up character called Dapper Dan? Because that's a very, like, Stanley type name. No, yeah. he's a real guy. <laughs> like, he could have a superpower, like, fine tailoring. <laughs> um, and this is when John Lee Hooker starts playing, and I drew a little heart in my notes because John Lee Hooker's awesome. And this is when they're preparing for Pop's funeral, uh, and Bobby's complaining about the seating plan because <laughs> uh, Pop was a bit of a player. So at what point are we going to find out that um, in actuality the big bag is big bad is really uh, Bobby and he's actually Sneaky Snake? I would <laughs> Sneaky Snake. I would love it if Bobby was the villain. <laughs> that would be the best. I'm not saying if he is or isn't, but that would be amazing. <laughs> I just need more snake snake named characters. Who do you want? Uh, what other snakes would you like? Yeah, why they only do Cobra? two and stop there? Yeah. We, oh, we there's gotta be a third. You can't just do two. We need a what's black a, mamba. What, oh, we definitely need a black mamba. What's like a really dorky sounding snake? What could you be like called? Garter snake. Like one, I'm garter snake. Viper. Oh, python. It's me, python. Okay. <laughs> oh dear. Um. So. This is when Bobby gives Luke Pop's apartment. He's just like, eh, hey, you might as well have his apartment. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, so gonna blow up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. He's <laughs> just waiting for it, too. It's obviously yep. gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, and this is when Aisha arrives to confront Luke, and this is when he's like, promises to investigate, and then everyone's confronting him. This is where it kind of felt. I, I liked it because he felt like the Luke Cage out of comics where he's sort of going to sort out the, everyone's business for the neighbourhood. Mm-hmm. It was just, it, Aisha just annoyed me. I don't know if it was the actress or what. I was just this was, like, this is where he goes out on a mission in his new suit, which yeah. I'm like, it's going to get ruined, and you <laughs> yeah. better not look disappointed when it gets ruined. And then he did. And I was like, what do you think was going to happen? It took long enough for it to get ruined as well. Like, he went out and did all these things, and it was fine, and then it just got ruined, like later at the end but i was like oh 
Like, at least get changed first, Luke. Yeah. Put your hoodie on. Um, yeah, because you know it's going to get ruined. So Claire arrives at her mother's diner, and we find out that she grew up in Harlem. Uh, were you guys, like, happy to see Claire arrive in this? I mean, we know by now, obviously, she's going to turn up in pretty much every series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I-, I was glad, but there was, like, so much exposition. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, her and her mother or whatever. Mm, too much. Too much for me. I didn't like it. There's a long way to go to get to... I just want to heal superheroes. Yeah. I, I, I didn't understand why when she was talking to her mother, she was like, oh, you know, like I need to change a career and stuff. I was like, you couldn't have told her this over the phone before you met her? <laughs> before you walked across the city? to. T- I don't understand. Anyways, whatever. The timeline's weird because... Like, I'm imagining this is a... I mean, we don't know, but you'd think this is a few months after Daredevil, maybe? But it seems to, like, take place, like, the week after, because she's been fired, and... I mean, I imagine she would have left, like, Hell's Kitchen straight away and headed up to Harlem, and then she's telling her mum about it, and she's not spoken to her about the whole thing with the hospital before this, so it kind of feels a bit bit weird. Um, Mm. One of the criticisms I read about this episode was what you guys just said, which is... This, this kind of exposition to tie it in with Daredevil. Um, it's a bit clunky because it's like, yeah, and then there was this guy and he was dead and he had huh? like a scar from an autopsy and then this happened and then this guy shot Louisa. And it's kind of like, you don't need to say that. You just need to say something went down where you work, you know, at the hospital. That's all we need to know because if you're watching all the other shows, you'll put it together. And if you're not, you won't care, you know? I- I found You'll that, be confused. I found that her no. saying it made her sound crazy. And I was like, how is her mother yeah. not thinking she's insane right now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's probably... Oh, yeah, she does, yeah, she does say some crazy stuff. But then her yeah. mum's, like, talking about, like, Thor and the Hulk and everything. Yeah, okay, so the first yeah. time I watched this last night... Um, I watched it again this afternoon. But I watched it last night, and she says, um, uh, guy with a magic hammer. I thought she said magic hands, and I was like... Wait a minute, who has magic hands? Who is that? Like, oh, wait, never mind. Never mind. Doctor Strange. He's got these magic hands. Yeah, I was like, is it Iron Fist? He has magic hands, I guess. <laughs> That's true. She's seen into the future to the next like, show without it even is, airing. Is, like, is, this, is the timeline all kooky crazy? What's happening? But oh, it, was a, it was a magic hammer. Darn it, we filmed the shows in the wrong order. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> she was pretty badass, though, when she got her purse back. I thought that was amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it was awesome. Yeah, I really like that. I like that um, the character has, you know, it's, it's very easy for her to be a character that just kind of shows up in the shows and is like, oh, yeah, I help you out and blah, blah, blah. But she has got her own kind of character arc and she is her own her own. Um, character. I like that. I like we can see that she's growing, and that that does continue in the show, uh, mm-hmm. in this series. Whether I I like it or not, I'm just gonna say that. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, more on that later. I think it's gonna be funny when, when they have the defenders, and she's like healing everyone, and all she can ever do for Luke Cage is like stab a needle in his eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, what have you done, Luke? I've broken my toe. I'm going to have to go in via your eyeball again. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Oh, dear. Can you imagine? Um, switching it up and going up his nose and mm-hmm. his mouth. It would have to go. She'll have to try every orifice smell. <laughs> I'm going to have to go up your butt. <laughs> sorry, Luke. <laughs> 
It's closer oh, to your toe than your eye. Suppository. <laughs> She's like borrowing um, Ant Man's suit. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. I hope so. I hope that happens. <laughs> that would be amazing. Well, in the comics, I hate saying, oh no, comics. In the uh, Jessica Jones comics, Jessica Jones dated Scott Lang, which is Ant Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So there you go. She could just call him up. Can I borrow your suit? Uh, why? I need to run around Luke Cage's butt. <laughs> okay. So, while Claire is at the diner, Luke is roaming the neighbourhood, chasing uh, up information and getting money back for people. Um, I love it when he approaches the two thugs and he just, like, knocks one out. He just kind of slaps him and yeah. completely knocks him out. That was awesome. I love this blonde girl that's, like, going with him. He's yeah. just kind of like, Yeah. <laughs> She's just, I don't know, there's something about the way she plays it. It's just like, yeah, he's going to get you. Get my stuff. <laughs> She's like one of the, the, you know, the kids who stands behind like a school bully and is just like, yes. yeah, we're going to get you. <laughs> That's She's right. such a little tag along. I love it. <laughs> um, when he's heading back to the barbershop, he gets distracted because he hears a guy groaning after being shot. I think this guy's called Sugar. I think he's like the, the larger uh, cotton mouth thug. Um He's not happy when he sees Luke, which made me laugh. And we find out that it was Aisha that shot shot him to get her ring back. Uh, and we get we him find saying out he's through, going back uh, to Raleigh. Exposition character. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, ran- there's a lot of people in this that are random exposition people. <laughs> yeah. um, because this girl is is random exposition girl. We get random ex- exposition later as well, which is always hilarious when people just turn up and go, ah, this is exactly what's going on. Okay, I'm going to go now. Bye. Um, I do appreciate appreciate that her green hair matches her sweater perfectly. (laughs) She's gearing up for uh, for Iron Fist next year, where everything's going to be green, 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 green. Yeah, she she did just jump in the scene like we were supposed to know her. And Luke Cage didn't know her previously either, did he? No. She just started talking to him about people? Yeah, I think she just appears. Yeah. What if she's yeah. Sneaky Snake? <laughs> <laughs> oh, can we have someone called Rattlesnake? Rattlesnake! Amazing. Let me rattle. Rattle my chains at you. Um, so Scarf and Misty approach Luke, and Misty's like, ah, oh, this photo. Oh, you can't have it, by the way. <laughs> it's mine. Um, and they ask him about the rocket launcher attack, and Luke says he's going to leave once he's done right by Pop. So I'm assuming that this whole thing where he's sort of telling everyone his name and being very open, you know, is just until he's sorted out Cottonmouth. And then what I got from this was his plan was then to to leave the area and like maybe change his name again and start again. Is that what you guys got? Maybe. Can you guys hear us? I don't know. That's that's kind of what I got by this, which would kind of make sense because he hasn't really got anything... I mean, apart from the barbershop and him and Bobby talk about reopening it again, but still, I mean, I don't know what they're going to open it as because neither one of them cuts hair. Mm. So, you know, I don't really I, know what their plan is at this point. I, I don't know why, but I, I really want this barbershop. I just want a scene, and I don't. I know it'll probably never happen because the, the movie is mixing with the Netflix shows. I don't know how much of that will ever happen. But I kind of want, like, a little Secret Avenger scene with Captain America in the barbershop. Like, oh, I'm, I'm getting his hair cut. That would be awesome. Actually, they can just have their little meetings in the barbershop. That would be... Oh, I, I just... I would love there to be more crossover between between this. The, I, actually, one of the things... Um, this isn't like a, um, like a bit of news or anything, but 
one of the things a lot of people want to see um, in the Iron Fist series is a appearance by Clark Gregg, who plays Coulson, mm-hmm. because Clark Gregg is a massive Iron Fist fan in real life. So they've sort of said, you know, that would be great if he appeared in Iron Fist or in The Defenders, which would be cool because then it would be almost a bridging between like the, the films, although he's in the TV series more and the Netflix shows. But I I, I was um, I think when I was talking to um, Warner Joseph Miller the other day in the interview, I think I said to him, the one crossover I really want to see is I want to see Matt Murdock facing up to Tony Stark because mm-hmm. I love their kind of antagonistic relationship in the comics, and I would just love to see that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it'd be so good. Yeah. I agree with, I agree with Brad, though. I want a, a, a scene in the barbershop similar to the shawarma scene. Oh, yeah. And, Lu- and Luke Cage is trying to cut hair, and he just completely fucks up Captain America's <laughs> hair. <laughs> <laughs> what if he's trying to, like, trim uh, Tony Stark's goatee, and he accidentally, like, shaves it off, and then, like, <laughs> Doctor Strange stands there and laughs? Because he's got a better goatee now than Tony Stark. <laughs> that would be great. And he's giving the Hulk a haircut. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't imagine there's much you could do that would be more terrifying than uh, giving Bruce Banner a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Careful. Yeah, true. <laughs> don't make a mistake. What about giving him a, a, a close shave? <laughs> oh, fuck. Can you imagine? No. Thor is, the, Thor is the only one who really needs a haircut. Yeah, yeah. Get your haircut, hippie. <laughs> <laughs> he probably puts it in a man bun when he's, like, civilian. Yeah. <laughs> well, because, the, like, they they reckon the next Thor movie it doesn't take place much on Earth, which I'm quite happy about, because I was thinking if it took place a lot on Earth and he's trying to blend in, then we might have seen a man bun, and I may have thrown something oh. at the screen if that happened. You can go hang out with uh, um, with the um, oh, DC Flash? film Flash. <laughs> with Ezra Miller. Fucking Ezra Miller man bun Flash. <laughs> By the way, Brad, the director has quit the Flash movie, so they haven't announced the new director yet. Oy. So you might, we'll see. You we'll might see. get your man bun Flash movie. Oh, mm. also on another tangent, I actually had a dream the other night in which um, they were filming like a Marvel movie in uh, in my town where I live. And I don't. And it was like I was watching the movie and I don't remember all of it. But I randomly remember that at the end, the Ezra Miller man bun flash and the Tom Holland Spider-Man joined forces to defeat the villain. But I don't know. I don't know anything else about it. I just remember they teamed up. Mm. Did they team up against Water Moccasin? (laughs) <laughs> I have no idea, Brad. I think there was something to do with a pumpkin in it, but not like a green nice. goblin pumpkin. I think it's just because it was Halloween. I it was the great My dreams are weird. Yeah. <laughs> are the DC the great TV, TV and uh, movies separate like the Marvel ones? Like, are they supposed yeah. to be separate continuities? Yeah, completely yeah, separate. Because it's different. Like, one's actors. good and one's garbage. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's um, it's completely different actors playing the roles in both and. Huh. I mean, they can't they can't be in the same continuity because at the moment you've got Superman in the Supergirl show and in the movies he's supposedly dead. So and only one of them has a sky. Yeah. Blue skies only exist in one of them. And also, obviously, in Gotham, like Batman's what twelve, and in the movies he's like grizzled old Ben Affleck. <laughs> so yeah, it makes no sense. Um. So Cottonmouth looks over the money that's been gathered and Shades warns him to let it go and just sell the club. 
Um, they mentioned Percy Sutton, and I looked him up for you guys because he says uh, Percy Sutton almost made it work work once, but that was a long time ago. And apparently he was like a guy who had like a lot of businesses, and he was also a lawyer, and he was the legal rep for Malcolm X, which I didn't know. That was quite cool. There was a lot of references to people in this episode, and I couldn't keep track of them all, so I only really looked up him. Uh, I do I do some research, but not all of it. Sorry, guys. Uh Luke arrives at the club and he he carefully folds his jacket over the chair and I was like good don't ruin that nice. jacket. Hmm. Um yeah and we it's cool cuz we get to see some details of the club when it's in the light like we had that scene with Domingo a few weeks ago. We get to see some of this detail and like it's I was like looking at it all like nerding out and like oh, look at the wallpaper it's so pretty. Mm-hmm. Like this is when my my set designer past you know comes into play. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where we see Cottonmouth and Luke face off and Luke fights the four guys off and he completely ruins his beautiful, beautiful shirt. Oh. No. Such a waste. Mm-hmm. And Shades recognises him as Carl Lucas. Finally. <laughs> yeah. And it's like was the it... opposite of that scene in the first episode, you know, where Luke was like, Shades! And this time it's, <laughs> Carl Lucas! <laughs> <laughs> Was it just from how he was fighting he recognized him? I don't know. I'm guessing so, because he's seen him before. Yeah. Maybe he, now he's wearing a fancy suit and not a hoodie, but then he didn't wear a suit in prison. <laughs> no. Weird. Yeah. It's Yeah, I don't understand why he recognizes him now. Uh, so... maybe, it was that, maybe it was that overhead view. Maybe he was over- <laughs> An overhead maybe view he had sunglasses maybe. that, like, you know, like, sunglasses that, like, add things on top of people, so maybe they added, like, an afro on them. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, oh! Do his shades just have Snapchat filters? <laughs> <laughs> he has eye shades. Uh, yep, he also has the ability to see the uh, the creatures from They Live. I'd love it if he's like suspicious of Luke and he's like oh he looks really familiar but I don't know and then he like gets a photo of Luke and puts it on the wall and gets like a black marker and draws like a big beard (laughs) and an afro and he's like wait a minute (laughs) (laughs) oh it'd be so great Um, so meanwhile Claire sits in the diner um, and tells her mum about kind of everything the dead guy at the hospital and the hospital covering up Louise's death and then decides that she wants to help people with abilities. How much does that job pay? Um, nothing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's I mean, dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't know who's going to be paying your wages with this because <laughs> I don't think superheroes are making much money either. Uh, apart from Tony Stark, maybe she could get him to fund her. She can be his personal nurse. She'll just be like, "You defenders need a clubhouse so I can live there." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she'll have just to like move into person. Pop's barbershop. Yeah. So she's getting closer to her sort of night nurse persona, which she seems to be taking the role of. Um, I just, I just hope they don't. I hope they just don't end up like Coltoning her and like kill her off once she's united all these characters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because like it would be really easy to just drop her in a fridge. Mm-hmm. It would. I. I mean. But it's Rosario Dawson, so come on, come on. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they would. I predict there's um they're far more likely in looking at the long term of like series to kill off karen than they are claire yeah yeah because of the impact of the story and because of the comics i i personally think um 
but yeah, I I don't I hope they don't kill her off because I do like her character. Um, although I get annoyed at her later in the season, perhaps. Hmm. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> uh, at this point, um, her mother says that her grandmother was a cur- curandera. My Spanish is terrible. Cur- curandera. This is why we need Tammy here. Um, and I looked that up, and she she basically says that she wasn't a priestess. Uh, she was this instead, and it means a healer who uses folk remedies. Mm. Put this on. It's natural. Mm. <laughs> it's uh, homeopathy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you dissolve a, a a part of this in water by a thousand times, it it works even better than a placebo, cause mm. science. You get you get the spirit of the compound. Because water <laughs> has memory. Just because you're not necessarily healing doesn't mean you're not healing in quotes. <laughs> it's because you don't want to heal. You've just got to believe. <laughs> You'll be better as soon as you pretend you're better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, homeopathy is like the one of the dumbest things ever. Uh, so, <laughs> Shades tells Cottonmouth about Carl uh, Lucas and then says, "Hey, there's a bullet for everyone, even for him." And then introduces him to the Judas bullet. Yeah. What did you guys think of this? <laughs> It was uh, <clears throat> completely ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand how it's supposed to work. <clears throat> I know you can't really see what it does. Like it is it basically like it an explosive exploded. round? Well, it sort of looks like it explodes. Uh, well, it does explode, but he starts screaming before it explodes, and it looked like it was smoking. Um, and I know what it does, so I'm not going to tell you right. guys. But yeah, I was really confused watching this yeah. the first time. Because like, like, doesn't it wouldn't it stuff like pierce his skin to do anything? Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. It was yeah. It's got to pierce his skin, so I don't. I I I didn't understand how this would help. Yeah. But Cottonmouth's like super excited, <laughs> and I was like, okay, <laughs> fair enough. Um, so Shades basically says that Cottonmouth's gonna need to buy buy one of these bullets or get Diamond back to um to solve the problem for him. But if he does that, then Diamondback will take Harlem as payment. Um, so, of course, Cottonmouth, is, his pride gets in the way and he refuses to let Diamondback solve the problem for him. So he decides he's going to sort the, the problem out with Domingo and that will win back Diamondback's favour so he can borrow the money off of him. Mm-hmm. And I really... I, I don't know what you guys think, but um, I really like um, Mahershala Ali in this episode as as Cottonmouth he's just got this like simmering anger under the surface and even in like the scenes like like towards the end of the episode where he like laughs at Luke it's just I think he just plays it so well I think he's such an interesting character and you can see there's this like real pride in um in what he's done and what he's built and obviously living up to the family name and he was left this club by by mum and Mabel um, I mean, he's I like just, a real really Shakespearean like villain. Yeah, he really is. It's, yeah, it's all just about his pride and ego and, like, mm-hmm. maintaining control. Mm-hmm. I was kind of but, sad we didn't get Mariah in this episode, because I, I love, like, them playing off of each other. Um, but, yeah, I love I love him in this episode. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume he can only afford one bullet, just so it'll be more dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the sounds of it, we don't find out how much a bullet would be, but it looks like it. Yeah. Um, 
I'd love to know how much they're going to charge. But I mean, he he's didn't he say like earlier in the episode he's only got like two hundred and fifty thousand or something. Yeah. Like plus, left in plus cash. All other things that are enough for a person to live off for the rest yeah. of their life. <laughs> yeah. Um. So at the station, Misty is called over by uh, her captain and the lieutenant, and they tell her, "Oh, by the way, uh, Scarf, uh, he's totally dodgy and is under investigation." Mm. And Misty's like, what? No! You can't break up Night Scarf. <laughs> Night Scarf. <laughs> oh, on the, uh, on the CW soon, Brad. <laughs> oh no, yes. Night Scarf would be on, uh, on USA Characters Welcome. I see, yeah. I feel like Night Scarf would be like a, a sci-fi channel original series. <laughs> 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 I just imagine it being like, because it's like two cops and like basically everything on USA characters welcome is like two cops or they're yeah. spies or they're they're two cops but but during the full moon they can <laughs> join together to form a scarf <laughs> who, with who the made power man- of night <laughs> who made manimal whoever made that should make it yes <laughs> this scarf's out for justice <laughs> all the scarf does is just wrap its, its way around people and blindfold them ah this well, scarf Rad, has the Rad power Man, of night. Man's on uh, Arrow now, so they're kind of already doing it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, Guy from Jessica Jones is on Arrow, isn't he? Oh. Uh, I think he's in it this week. Uh, Will Will um, Will Travel, uh, who played uh, Simpson in Jessica Jones, is going to be appearing in Arrow as the human target. Which, on a show called Arrow, I'm like, I wouldn't <laughs> want to be called the <laughs> human target. <laughs> that sounds bad. Um, but yeah, I think he's his first episode's maybe this week. So when Scarf arrives, Misty kind of plays it cool and is just like, oh, you know, we'll think about it later. So Luke finds Zip and his gang, and uh, when they see Luke Cage, they all kind of run off. <laughs> They're just like, leave him to it. And Zip shoots Luke's beautiful shirt, which makes me sad. And Luke crushes his gun and then takes the ring back off Zip. I'm glad that we've got away from the trope of people crushing the gun while the other person is still holding it, like bending it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Like, no, that's not yeah, impossible. like the old <laughs> Superman thing. Like <laughs> Superman, RoboCop does it in RoboCop. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like and he just does it in, the, in the, the handbag later, which I quite like. Yeah, like he actually has to take it from him and crush it himself. Mm-hmm. If, if listeners are wondering what I'm talking about, they always used to bend, uh, they'd have a super strong character bend a gun downwards and uh, bend it out of shape but the villain would still be holding the gun which would mean that the villain would have to be strong enough to stand there and hold the gun still as the as the, the other end of it is like all the mm-hmm. pressure on it you know all the, the gun to... is made of putty <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, it's Robocop logic you know <laughs> um, so in the next scene, Scarf meets with Lieutenant Perez, who's like, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, you're totally under investigation and you need to get Domingo's guns from evidence. Uh, so they get Sergeant McLean on it. And I was like, uh, uh, Sergeant McLean. And I was like, John McLean from Die Hard. How and does somebody get all this evidence out of there? Like, you, like the crooked cops. But I mean, somebody's going to notice all those guns gone. Matt, he's John McLean. He can do anything. <laughs> If they can get the guns out of evidence, why can't they get the money out of evidence? Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, I did think that. 
the cops spent it all right away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's paying for the uh, Christmas party <laughs> this year. Yeah. Hell of a party. Old, Hell old of com- a party. Commissioner Stan Lee, you know, is <laughs> has spent it all on the Christmas party. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Lieutenant, or oh, sorry, Sergeant John McLean uh, loads up the guns from evidence and then puts them into this truck uh, to send them on their way. I was just like. You can't call him McLean and not make make us think of Die Hard. Come on. Come on, show. <laughs> uh, so Luke has got the ring back and he takes it back to the sports shop and he meets Sad Sack Eddie drinking. Who's like, mm, back in the day, people had manners. Mm, things were better b- back then. This guy does not look old enough to be that guy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> when First time when Luke walked in, I was like, is this her brother? Like, what yeah. the hell? <laughs> How old is Aisha? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's uh he's just a bit of a sad sack, really. Mm-hmm. Oh, I missed a I missed a note about Misty. Misty has a blind spot for when it comes to scarf. Like she's very observant about everything else, mm-hmm. but her partner. <laughs> and seeing as we all picked up on on scarf being shifty, you think she would have? <laughs> I picked up on it, but I hoped it wasn't true, just because it's kind of a stereotype. <laughs> well, he is her mentor. Is also, he? he's a vegetarian. He can't be violent. He's a vegetarian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no violent vegetarians. I don't know. One time Tammy tried to ship me. Like, oh, watch out. Watch Tammy. Out, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Tammy, I mean, she's in a different league. You know, nobody messes she's with scrappy. her. She's very scrappy. Wasn't Hitler like a vegetarian? <laughs> <laughs> also, you know, also maybe a tiny person, also very scrappy. <laughs> okay, vegetarians are on watch. My sister's a vegetarian. Now I'm worried. Mm. Well, you know that's that's what Hitler just got other people to do his dirty work for him. So maybe that's what vegetarians do. They get mm. <laughs> Tammy, please report in. How do, you, how do you commit your violent acts? Yeah, Tammy, just stop recording your your latest rap album for a second and let us know who is your subordinates you send to rough people up. Want to know? Uh, so Claire sees Luke on the TV. And uh, apparently he reminds uh, Claire's mum of Claire's dad. And I was like, okay. And then Exposition Man appears. <laughs> and this is the other time there's just random exposition because this guy just appears and goes, oh, yeah, that's Luke Cage. He's down at the barber's shop, by the way. Okay, have a nice day. Bye. You're like, what? who are you? <laughs> oh, Exposition Man. Um, I don't even think we see this guy's face. He just kind of appears and is gone in about two seconds. Uh, Luke gets back to the barber shop and is all sad because he's got bullet holes in his shirt. Uh, you know, you could have got changed, Luke. It's your fault. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the next scene, we're at Pop's Memorial. Uh, everyone's there. Aisha, Shades, Cottonmouth, Misty. Um, Cottonmouth texts Scarf about the guns, but Scarf doesn't answer. So do you think Scarf's having, like... You know, he doesn't want to give them to Cottonmouth, or he's got a different plan, and he's gonna. I do assume he's just else gonna take and write the diamond back, and mm, you know, maybe, and then our, get protection from Diamondback. Yeah, <laughs> it's me, our, snake, our water moccasin, our <laughs> new snake villains, Serpentor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Brad! If only you knew something coming up in this season later. Oh, seriously, <sighs> let's just make it. Oh. <laughs> I think you're really going to enjoy it. So, uh, at the memorial, Pop's son speaks. 
which is quite sad because he's basically saying like oh i never knew him and he's gonna be a granddad and he doesn't know and i was like oh um and then aisha's getting a gun out of her bag but luke arrives just in time to stop her and he's gonna get up to speak but then cottonmouth gets up first and i don't know why but in this bit i just i don't know like do they do this at funerals where there's just the person playing like the organ music in the background, but they just got a freestyle. Yeah, <laughs> it, really, it was really weird. It's so weird because they are literally just freestyling. It's like yeah. when like it gets more upbeat, they start to do more upbeat, and then the rest of the time it's just kind of like. Mm-hmm. I'm like <laughs> I've never been to just a funeral. Just gotta feel like in the this. room here. Just feel in the room, guys. <laughs> so weird. Um. So well, cotton mouth. It is a performance, though, when you think about it. Like some of those churches. I guess. Yeah. So I can see. I can see that it makes sense. They're just like you know. Do those church making the music match? To... Do those churches also usually have dueling like uh, speeches and standing ovations? <laughs> <laughs> the standing ovation was the best. It's just everyone like yeah. I was like, it seemed really inappropriate for a funeral. Oh, I, don't like, I, was... I don't like the idea of programs at funerals that's weird to me mm. i don't like, like it. programs which oh and yeah yeah it's no. weird we were at a funeral recently and it was like that very like uh rehearsed and just i didn't i was like yeah when i died you know yeah. i don't i don't want paper keepsakes about the fucking memorial service like that's yeah. bizarre yeah but also i don't know why they have a program because it seems like it's like a free for all, like anyone is welcome to stand up and say stuff. And who else would have spoken about um, Pop apart from maybe Bobby and then Pop's son? And then it would have been anyone. So it seems weird that they have a program because there's no real you uh, know, I- itinerary for what's going to happen. It's really just an advertisement for the organist. I guess. Hey, <laughs> buy my mixtape. <laughs> oh, I wish we could have seen the organist. Um, I, I like the phrase that Cottonmouth said, which is that he said that Pop made roses rise from the concrete or something like that, which I thought was quite nice. But then Luke steps up and uses his speech to remind everyone of Pop's good work. And then he encourages the community to stand up to bullies and everyone's like cheering and applauding. And I'm like, Luke, this isn't about you. This is Pop's memorial. Yeah. <laughs> like, It's not about you. Also, at least like, bring it back round to him at the end of the speech, yeah. but he doesn't. He's just like, yeah, we will have to stick up to Cottonmouth. Woo! I understand that the real point is that they're rallying against Cottonmouth, and that's the that's the idea of the scene. But I'm like, I don't feel like his speech was that great. I, mm. No, I don't think it was. I mean, it was no, uh, you know. It was, it was better than Cottonmouth's speech, and that's all that matters. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, and also, Luke Cage is much prettier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, there's so much cheering. I'm like, hey, 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 the funeral, funeral, guys, come on. <laughs> um, then straight after the memorial, we see uh, Cottonmouth getting in his car, and Luke gives him a wicked burn, which is awesome. He's basically like, yeah, it was so great humiliating you in public. Oh, burn! <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, and then Cottonmouth kind of laughs and gets in the car. And then Misty warns Luke against uh, having a pissing contest with Cottonmouth and says that she will take care of it and she will uh, get Cottonmouth legally. That's kind of the end of the episode. It sort of just suddenly ends with Luke kind of walking off and it's like, oh. Hmm. Okay. So now we've 
finished the episode, guys. Uh, would you guys like some Easter eggs, or have you anything else to, to comment on in the episode? Uh, no, I got all my notes out. Get your notes out. Feel free, Matt. I did. Are you ready? Are you, <laughs> are you ready for East? Are you ready for Easter eggs? Yes. Okay. So the character of Claire Temple, <laughs> as though we've just met her, she was originally a Luke Cage supporting character. Uh, I think I mentioned that when she appeared in Daredevil. She first appeared in Luke Cage: Hero for Hire, number two, in 1972. Mm. So she's coming home. Luke refers to the two thugs that he approaches with little blonde sidekick woman as Plug One and Plug Two. Apparently this is a reference to De La Soul, which I had no idea because they referred to themselves as that or something. Really? Yeah, I assumed this it was is a down doctor's... to Den of Geek. I, I thought it was Dr. Zeus as well, yeah, like Thing 1 and Thing 2, but apparently it's a reference to De La Soul. Hmm. No idea. Uh, someone pointed out on Den of Geek that the start of Die Hard 3 took place in Harlem, so this could be Officer McLean. <laughs> I'm just going to say it's Bruce Willis <laughs> working in there. Uh, so Dapper Dan um, is a real guy. Uh, Dapper Dan's boutique clothed uh, uh, LL Cool J, KRS-One, Mike Tyson, Eric B and Rakim. He was known as the hip-hop tailor of Harlem. Is that why they mentioned Mike Tyson then? Yeah. Probably, yeah. I imagine so. Um, we get mentions of Hulk, Thor, the Chitari, because we're, we're told that um, the metal for the Judas bullet came from the incident. That would imply that it's Chitari metal, so it's alien metal. Uh, we also find out that the bullet was developed by is Hammertech, which is Justin Hammer, um, who is Sam Rockwell. He was mentioned in the first episode as well. And he's also one of the guys who appeared in uh, the same prison that Luke was in, in the short... Um, uh, before one of the films was it Thor 2 I think the one I mentioned a couple of uh, last week uh, so yeah any mentions of Sam Rockwell makes me happy uh, and the last thing I, no I noticed in this episode was that uh, and actually it ties in with an interview I read recently by Stephanie Maslansky who is the costume designer for all the shows and she mentioned that with the character of Cottonmouth they always tried to have green in his wardrobe obviously for the kind of snaky link to the character so in the first episode we commented on the fact he was wearing a green jacket but in every episode he either has like a green tie or a green um, tie pin or green earrings or something but I also noticed in this episode that Zip was wearing a very very dark green snakeskin jacket which I thought was quite cool because it's kind of like he is like a little a little snake minion like a minion Wait. of when do we get to the episode where, like, the <clears throat> the clothing person forgot to put, like, some subtle green on him, and they remembered last minute before filming, and he just has to wear, like, a green toque? Oh, that's um, <laughs> two episodes time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, Matt. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> uh, so those were your Easter eggs, guys. Nom, 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 nom. Burp. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Brad, do you have any quotes? I know we don't do quotes on Intro to X because every if we did, Ugh. we'd have to read one of Mulder's monologues every week. Yeah. <laughs> and so that long. would take 12 hours. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got one here. Um, mainly just because I wish this was... Uh, um, I wish he would use this for a superhero name. Um, but <clears throat> there he is. Dishwasher <laughs> Lazarus. <laughs> <laughs> what would Dishwasher Lazarus's powers be, Brad? And what would he wear as his costume? 
Um, uh, I, well, I think he'd wear an apron. Um, I think he would, uh, wash dishes, like, extraordinarily well, um, <laughs> with a, with a swiftness, um, until he was dead on his feet, and then he would wash more dishes. Does he turn into an actual dishwasher? No, I'd say he gets, <laughs> like... like a transformer? No, I get, I get, I'd say he gets, like, he's kind of like Iceman with the ice skin, except it's, like, soap su- bubbles. Oh! Yes. oh. <laughs> it's, like, suds. <laughs> Sud skin. Yeah. Oh, could his little sidekick be called Suds, or could he have like a dog sidekick and it's called Suds? Yes. Dishwasher Lazarus and Suds. Yes, I love it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Matt, do you have any quotes? Um, I only have Yo, I plead the eighth. <laughs> that was great. Just like the fifth, the eighth. I because I don't know what, what the they are, so I assume that she got it wrong. I have no idea what they are. Yeah, it's the fifth. Is the fifth like? Yeah, what's the? I must, I only know really the second, which is the right to bear arms, because that comes up so much in uh, politics. Plead the fifth is. Um, I, I'm not going to say anything uh, so as not to incriminate myself. I have the uh, right to okay. remain silent. What's the eighth? Oh God, Claire! <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> I'm English. I don't know these things. The okay, excessive bail shall not be required, nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishment inflicted. Unless you're Chelsea Manning. Mm-hmm. It yeah. says that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> um, Mel, do you have any quotes? I don't. Do you want one of mine? Sure. Okay, repeat after me. Okay. Your 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 ass might be bulletproof, but Harlem ain't. <laughs> <laughs> your ass might be bulletproof, but Harlem ain't. There you go. I can't say ass because I sound really weird if I say it. You have, you have to say arse. 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 <laughs> <laughs> like a pirate. Uh, I have one which is. Where is it? I have a quote which is Don't you need a gun? I am the gun. I love that one. And then straight after that is when she's like, That's Luke Cage, asshole. <laughs> He's a <great>. gun. <laughs> He's a gun. <laughs> Love it. There was one as well where I think Bobby and Luke compared Pop to to Shaft because of all the ladies <laughs> he had. That was quite cool. Uh, any other quotes, guys? Brad, have you got any more? No. Ooh. Okay. Well, now it is time then for our feedback. Mel, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a present for you. Uh, and I think Sedna's put a link in this one as well. I get, oh. I'll probably get to say ass several times. <laughs> probably. Ass. Ass. It's like if we, <laughs> it's like if we say the name of the, the podcast and I'm like, welcome to Defenders Podcast. And then I listen to you guys and I'm like, I sound so freaking posh. Podcast. <laughs> Because we say podcast. Podcast. <laughs> but we sound so crude, Claire. See, we don't get that on Intro to X. Intro to X sounds fine in whichever accent, but cast. Oh, okay. terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that link, the YouTube link, is uh, just a link to a clip of um, The Wire, which makes sense in terms of her email. So this email is from our pal Sedna. Oh my fucking god, Jadena Swoon, I love him. (laughs) (laughs) 
I did. I didn't get to talk about him uh, myself. I loved mm-hmm. his best, and he was really quirky. I kind of enjoyed that. Yeah, he was great. <laughs> I loved him as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> quote: People say why I dress classy. I don't want my best dress day in my casket. End quote. <laughs> my fave performance of the season so far. Oh That's my true. fucking god! It's Claire. <laughs> Whooping mugging fucking bastard ass hard. <laughs> Good job. Luke's dug the swear jar out of the rubble. Cha-ching! <laughs> Benign neglect. I love Cottonmouths. You reading now? Oh yeah, that was great. <laughs> Arg, yes! This weekend I watched Adam Curtis's brilliant hyper-normalization, so it feels like I know all about that. Mm. Some great characters Luke's helping out here. I love Take No Shit Aisha and Brittany slash Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> Especially blue-haired lady who pleads the eighth. Why was she Britney slash Courtney? Not sure. Does she look like Britney? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Woohoo! Claire's sharing with her mommy all the crazy stuff she's been through. Oof. Luke reminds her of Claire's father. (gasps) Shades and Cottonmouth watching Ukrainian jackass. if they had the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now going to get in shopping cart. <laughs> I'm going downhill. <laughs> oh no, my neck is broken. I am dead. <laughs> oh. oh man. Too good. Oh my fucking god! Misty's boss is Sanja-san! Whoever... Oh, Kima from The Wire! She's my fave! And then she has a YouTube link. Yeah, I will put that on the page. And then she says, but... There's a g-g-g-ghost! As it's the donut-eaten evidence guy. How convenient. This can't end well for Scarf. And a lovely contrast between Cottonmouth and Luke's tribute speeches to Pop, both alluding to themselves and each other. Thank you, Sedna. Thank you, Sedna. We always love your feedback. Mm-hmm. It's always delightful. <laughs> Brad, would you like to read some very short feedback from Theo? Sure. Okay. <laughs> it's very short. <laughs> this is mainly because he works in a comic book shop in my town, and I said, oi, send us feedback. So this is what he sent us. There <laughs> <laughs> it's really good! Exclamation point. Question. If Luke Cage high fives Iron Fist, which hand breaks first? <laughs> the big questions. Well, we haven't seen Iron Fist in the Netflix universe yet, so we don't know, but I don't, I don't know! That's a, you reckon, that's a proper nerd question, by the way. Yeah. Like, who would win in a fight between so-and-so? This must I have come up at some point. think a rainbow just pops out. <laughs> Every time they high-five, a unicorn yeah. is born. <laughs> <laughs> right, listeners who have read Luke Cage and Iron Fist, have they ever had a time where they've worked out what would happen if Luke Cage and Iron Fist were to arm wrestle? We need to know. I would also like to know who would win in an, a bionic arm wrestle between the Winter Soldier and Misty Knight. Please let us know. Mm-hmm. Thanks. You can add Coulson in that as well, because he's also got a bionic arm. Who would win? Uh, so we don't know Theo, sorry. Oh. 
Uh, we'll have to have a think and, and get back to you. That must have come up, though, at some point. Anyway, so now we have feedback from Tammy. Sorry I couldn't be there tonight, but here's my feedback for the episode just to get a run. OMG, Claire's back. Woohoo! Uh, and Yay, she's back. <laughs> and taking names. Uh, I feel bad that she's like just with her mom and she's just so upset, but that she's figuring out what she wants to do, which is great. And I can't wait to see more of her. Um, we also have Cottonmouth throwing Luke under the bus, uh, which is also, um, it was a good idea, but not really because Luke is super strong and obviously can take care of everything that, um, Cottonmouth is throwing at him, except for that bullet. So we'll see what happens there, which apparently is super expensive. So, um, I predict that he will get that bullet somehow though. But some, I don't know, Luke's going to survive. Come on, he's not going to go anywhere. Um, I still don't understand this, <clears throat> excuse me, Diamondback storyline. Because <laughs> um, it's, is it like Cottonmouth owes him money or something? I don't know why Diamondback cares so much about Harlem and Cottonmouth. Um, yes, I know the whole snake thing, but I don't, uh, I don't get it. So uh, I kind of wish we would just like meet Diamondback or really figure out what the hell his storyline is because I'm kind of tired of hearing about him other than Shades being there, which is fun. <laughs> uh, also, we met Dapper Dan this episode who outfitted Luke and that's pretty cool because he's a real dude that outfits people and has had a business in Harlem forever. So that was cool. Uh, let's see. Um, I don't like that Misty has Reva's picture and is holding it hostage. So there's that. Uh, we also meet the captain who is saying Scarf is under investigations. That's Kima from The Wire. So I'm glad that she is now um, a captain on this show. So awesome. <laughs> um, let's see what else I had. Uh, oh, all, all the women in this episode wanted to have coffee with Luke. Uh, including myself, of course. Who doesn't? Uh, but it was <clears throat> really funny to see some of these girls looking at Luke, and I really wanted them to just have the line, so are you available for coffee? That would have been great. When Scarf <laughs> calls Cottonmouth, uh, we get to see the number, 917-860-5608. And I Googled that, and it's apparently Peter Gelfman's number, who I, I don't know if he runs the prop department or is in charge of the props, but... Um, yeah, I thought that was fun, and he's under the name Charlie Mac, which Charlie Mac in, <laughs> I had to look that up in Urban Dictionary, I was like, what the hell is Charlie Mac? Apparently it's a pimp. Uh, someone good with the ladies, so <laughs> that makes sense that Cottonmouth would, or that Scarf would call Cottonmouth Charlie Mac. Um, so, yeah, I think that's it. Oh, and I really didn't like them using Pop's funeral as a way to outdo each other either. Shame on you, Luke. You're better than that. All right, so let's see. So I think overall, I give this episode an eight and a half out of ten eulogy pissing contests. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Tammy. What was that? Eight out of ten, or eight point five? I didn't catch it. I think it was eight. I'm going to say it was an eight. I didn't catch it either. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to make up Tammy's score. She gave it an eight, everyone. Uh, I think. Um, also, Tammy, <laughs> look, I'm in charge. I'm the, what was it? The arrogant ambassador. So <laughs> what I say goes. Uh, also, Tammy, I like, uh, I like that Tammy's doing my work for me. 
in doing Easter eggs, like looking up the phone numbers and stuff that I can't be bothered to do. Um, I just think it shows that Tammy, the vegetarian that she is, is trying to take over the entire podcast. (laughs) That's what these violent vegetarians do. Mm. Um, Okay, so that was our feedback for the week, which means that it is time for everyone else to rate this episode. So, Mel, what would you like to rate this episode? Actually, Brad, no, you're our guest. I'm so used to recording with Brad. I don't even think of you as the guest. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Just average uh, Joe me. Yeah, just you're just always hanging around. <laughs> oh boy. Brad, what um, would you like to rate this episode? Yeah, I, I I enjoyed this episode. It's a lot of setup. It's a lot of setup and a lot of exposition. But you know, I guess that makes sense. But it's right after an episode that's it's all flashback, which is inherently exposition. So I don't know. The show's like got a lot of exposition going on right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I did enjoy it. Um, uh, I, I I enjoyed the previous episode more, I think. Um, just because this is, I don't know, there's just so much setup going on. Um, I do love Luke Cage running around, <laughs> like, um, like uh, getting back rings and, like, uh, just doing Luke Cage things. <laughs> That's fun. Um, uh, yeah, I'll say... Uh, seven and a half out of ten, um, uh, secret sneaky snakes. Oh, secret sneaky snakes. Cool. Uh, Mel. I'm not ready! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Matt. (laughs) Uh, I liked it. It was a pretty average episode, uh, for what I've seen of this series so far, but that doesn't mean it's bad. Um... Yeah, also there is a lot of exposition, but I, I'm i okay with that, because I really like these characters, um, so I don't mind hearing them talk, except for the scenes with Claire. <laughs> those were those <laughs> kind of dragged a bit. How dare um, you? <laughs> uh, I'll give it 8 out of 10 mystery meats. Mm-hmm. Reference, to, reference to whatever scarf bought for Misty there. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, mm, that was gross. Melanie! Yes, yes. Uh, um, <laughs> yes, yes. Sound like my granddad yes, then. Yes. <laughs> oh my um, god. <laughs> <laughs> Did I scare you? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Just like. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hope I don't give you nightmares. <laughs> um, too late. Yeah. <laughs> too late. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Yes, exposition. I didn't like it. It's always <laughs> awful. I never like it. I, I don't think there's. I've seen a show where I've actually enjoyed <laughs> the exposition. I don't think that's a thing. Um, if you can prove me wrong, try. <laughs> Did you enjoy Ooh, exposition, funny. Malcolm from Twin Peaks? Well, <laughs> yes. delightful for different reasons, but not the same kind of way. Um. <laughs> Did you enjoy Sinister Boy from Harry Potter, who basically is uh. <laughs> just gives exposition but in a sinister way? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that could be delightful. Um, it is. <laughs> so and yeah, I did enjoy like all the badass moments, uh, like Luke's badass like chase throughout the town and uh, Claire's one single badass moment. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it is a bridge episode, so I'm just going to give it a 7 out of 10 Ukrainian stunt deaths. (laughs) (laughs) Ukrainian jackass. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, I just love that. Um, yeah, so I I wasn't that big a fan of last week's episode, like the flashback one. I don't know. It's, it was fine. Um, this one had a lot more little moments that I liked, but it was a lot of exposition. Um, I was glad that Shades was back. I loved Cottonmouth in this episode. I missed Mariah. I wish she'd been in it at the uh, the funeral um, or the memorial or something. I thought that would have been good. Yeah, why wasn't um, she? I don't know. You would have thought she would be, like, you yeah. know, because she's so about, you know, representing Harlem and everything. Um, I love the music at the start. There was some nice moments, but there was, no, there was no particular moments. I was like, oh, that moment was awesome. Um, so, yeah, it was it was fine. I'll give it a... Seven out of ten uh, dappy-dressed Jadenas. Jadenas. <laughs> Jadenas. Is that his name? So that gives it an average score of 7.6, which is fine. So, is, that se- is that our second lowest rated? or? I don't know. <laughs> I don't keep track of them as we go. I will by the end of the season so I can work out what is the lowest uh, ranked. I'm a very lazy host. <laughs> so now, Brad, it's time for me to thank you as our very special guest. It was lovely chatting with you, Brad, and podcasting uh, with you. Because we've was never a done it before. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, obviously you got to meet Matt and Mel and record with them. Del- wonderful meeting you, fine folks. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on and joining us and getting your Uber driver to, to drive the speed of sound from work so you could record with us. Indeed. I just don't like to imagine you going, drive, man, drive, Luke Cage depends on it. <laughs> all, all right, Mr. Brad, all right, all right. <laughs> all right, oh, all right. Mr. Brad. Um, so where can people hear you, Brad, when you're not here? Um, for uh, a couple more weeks. All the podcasts. Uh, <laughs> for a couple more weeks, you can hear me with Claire and Tammy talking about the X-Files on Intro to X. Two more weeks. Uh, two more weeks. And then to better, better things. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, you can hear me on the Ramjack podcast. Um, Yay. Talking about, talking about Belvedere for two more weeks, uh, Mr. Belvedere. And a lot of other ra- random wacky nonsense. Lots of Archie, um, which is great. Yes, a lot of good stuff, fun times. Um, and theoretically, uh, in the future, um, you'll hear me again on the Twin Peaks podcast with Matt and Mel talking <laughs> about a book. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about the series at some point, but talking about the very special book before that, which yeah, 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 it, it um, is sure is special. <laughs> if you like boy scouts and richard nixon it's a great read (laughs) i'm really looking forward to you guys covering it i will try and get it finished so i can send uh feedback to you guys in time Mm. yeah awesome uh and lovely co-hosts do you have anything else to plug i mean apart from the twin peaks podcast we've just spoken about have you guys done any recording (laughs) this week for other podcasts uh nope <laughs> but we do have other podcasts we have hooplecast and we have i have uh mad is wrong about games and the shenmu am2 podcast yeah awesome uh so next week oh i haven't got the name of next week's episode in front of me i'm so bad sorry guys Hang on. terrible suckers need bodyguards next week's episode is called suckers need bodyguards uh what do you guys think might happen and also 
Um, Brad, what are your theories for the rest of the season as you're also a newbie watcher? Um, well, for the rest of the series, all the snake people. Just like a grip <laughs> of snake people. That's all I want is more snake villains. <laughs> but I never want any explanation for why everyone's named after a snake. <laughs> is it going to turn like into like From Dust Till Dawn? It's just going to be a bunch of snake people? Snake vampires. Yeah. It would be amazing. <laughs> really snakes. <laughs> They were all just copper. Oh, there needs to be a character called Copperhead, Brad. Come on. Oh, no, Copperheads! <laughs> <laughs> I think, Brad, what you're saying is your dream is that when we meet Diamondback, it's not actually a man. It's just a load of snakes in a, yeah. in a man suit. <laughs> Pretty much. That's almost always my dream for everything, but this one's the, this one's the closest to actually happening. <laughs> uh, Matt and Mel, what do you think is going to happen in Suckers Need Bodyguards? Hmm... Uh, all of, all of, uh, I can't remember the character's name. Razorback? No. <laughs> Razorback. <laughs> Copperhead. All of Copperhead's, uh... Cottonmouth? Or... Yeah, cop... Ah. <laughs> <laughs> all of Cottonmouth's bodyguards are broken, he needs new ones. Oh, Okay. Um, what if it's, uh, that Luke needs a bodyguard because of this Judas I... bullet? Why would he ever need a bodyguard? And what kind of bodyguard is going to take that bullet and survive? I think it's literally what we just talked about. There's going to be some snake vampires and, you know, they suck your blood. So suckers need bodyguards. Because <laughs> yes. so Luke Cage in... is coming after the snakes. <laughs> so where Pops, uh, Pops was, they're going to actually rebuild it as a bar and name it the Titty Twister. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Awesome. And then it'll explode. Of course. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, Brad, do you want to take us out with an Excelsior or a quote of your choice or an Odo Copperheads? It's completely up to you. (laughs) Um, How about a sweet solstice? Ooh, thank you, Brad. Uh, Bye, everyone. Until next week. Bye. Bye. Oh, no, Excelsior. (laughs) Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenderspodcast or on Twitter at defenderspod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0 unported international license. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it, and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!